Welcome to Water-Cooled Potato, your guide to the obsolete and absurd tech of the past, present, and future. I'm John. I'm Kevin. And on today's podcast, we'll be discussing QCAT. QCAT. I've never heard of that before. Please go on. All right. So it was originally developed in 1998 by the Digital Convergence Corporation. Um, I've never heard of that either. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There's a good reason for that. The QCAT system consisted of two parts, a cat-shaped barcode scanner and the accompanying software called CRQ. The QCAT scanner would plug into your PC's PS2 port, and there's a splitter on the end of the cord, uh, so your keyboard and the QCAT would share a port. So... Then there was a barcode scanner in the cat's face, and what? you could use it to scan proprietary barcodes called cues. They were intended to work like QR codes. You'd scan it, yeah. and it would open a link. No more struggling to find a product on a website. Just scan the code from a catalog, and the order page opens instantly. Huh. You want more information about some article in the paper... Scan the queue. Cues looked like a normal barcode, but they were tilted 22.5 degrees. I believe it was to the left. Um, oh. For a couple of reasons. One reason being that they didn't want to infringe on the copyrights or patents oh, yep. mm-hmm. for normal barcodes, and also so that if anyone ripped off their tech it would be pretty clear because, well, their barcodes were so distinctive. Mm, okay. Um, so, uh, according to uh, the company Digital Convergence, this was something that was very necessary because, unlike search engines, which can often be cumbersome and inaccurate, Cat <laughs> lets you navigate the web instantly <laughs> and with great precision. Okay, we do have to keep in mind, though, this is 1998 before... When does when did Google launch again? I think it Let me was look it sometime up around then. Google's launched in 1998. So, yeah, Google was a baby. Almost nobody knew about it. Search engines for, like, almost not a thing. But they didn't launch it immediately. We'll get to that in a minute. Ooh, so boy. you could also connect your computer to your TV using what they called a convergence cable. It was basically a splitter that let you connect your TV's audio to your computer, and their CRQ software would open links by decoding tones in a broadcast. So, for example, if you're watching a weather broadcast and it has one of these Q codes embedded, it will open a web page on your browser like it'll open the local weather okay uh, because that's something you need and best of all it was all supposed to be free oh boy okay i see a big hole in that as a marketer because if that's going to be free that means all your local and wherever else weather stations need to adapt that And kind of like with ray tracing right now, not a lot of games support it, so it's not mainstream, because there's a bunch of other roadblocks. 
and this technology is hitting kind of similar roadblocks, which it won't be able to make it re reach that point. <laughs> I didn't actually find a lot of information on how common the integration with TV broadcasts was, hmm. but um, other than that, like the the actual printed codes were pretty widely adopted, which I'm getting to. Interesting. So even though they developed it in 98, it wasn't launched until 2000. In mm. that time, Google had two years to improve and eh, oh. become known. Mm -hmm. So with much hype and advertising, oh boy. it launched in 2000. <laughs> Q codes were published in newspapers, catalogs, magazines, advertisements. They were in Forbes, Wired, The Wall Street Journal. Wow. Everyone was printing these Q codes. And since Digital Convergence was giving away the Q cats for free, they spread like wildfire. They were giving them away for free? Yes. They were giving away the hardware for free. Magazines even sent them out to readers as free thank you gifts and if you wanted to get one you could just stop into your local radio shack pick one up for free they were just giving them out by the dozen oh this is a marketing nightmare how the heck are you gonna get your money back through the q codes you're like you're gonna have like exclusive rights or something to get your money back and that's gonna take years uh, it's coming oh boy so within 30 days qcat had a million users 30 days and especially in 2000 that's without like the internet being much used a lot that's pretty dang fast so as you've pointed out there's some well issues um oh so if you're giving away scanners for free obviously you have to make money somewhere else yep and here's where things get interesting <laughs> you see in order to use the QCAT, you had to set up an account. And to set up an account, oh. you needed to give them your name, address, and other personal information. Each they... QCAT oh, also boy. had a chip containing a unique serial number, so they would know who owned each cat and what it was scanning. Targeted marketing. And, uh, yep, exactly. If that wasn't already obvious enough, Digital Convergence registered the domain digitaldemographics.com. Hmm. Is that still up? Ah, uh, I don't know. I didn't check. I doubt it, or... It's for sale. Does that count? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, with all this, uh, people were beginning to have some very valid privacy concerns. While oh. others pointed out <laughs> that you could simply Google something instead of rubbing a cat's face across a barcode. And Ooh. here's where things begin to take a downward turn for digital convergence. As it turns out, if you give a bunch of tech guys free gadgets, they're going to tinker with them. Yep. So <laughs> it didn't take long for people to figure out which chip contained the serial number. And once they did... Easy to it. follow guides on. Mm. Easy to follow guides on how to remove it entirely. Ooh. We're all over the internet. <laughs> and as if that wasn't bad enough for digital convergence, people started to create software that would work with the QCAT and allow it to scan any barcode instead of just the proprietary ones. So 
now they were giving away free hardware that people could use without their software and without any way of tracking the people using them. Basically, they went bankrupt pretty fast. Yep. So with the serial numbers removed and not using their software, they had no way to sell your info and then no way to make money. They responded with threats of legal action by telling users that they didn't actually own the devices and had no right to modify them. <laughs> I mean, Apple gets kind of gets away with that now, but and a bunch of other companies I'm sure that I didn't mention, but back then it, that you can't really say that. <laughs> Especially since they were sent to people for free in magazines. Oh yeah, like yeah, these like, people didn't It's free. It's you, I own it. That's how it, common sense works. <laughs> and then they kept changing the license agreement. So every time someone would figure out a new use for it, they would update their license agreement to specifically forbid it. Mm. Uh, apparently, they were on pretty shaky ground legally because they never actually followed through on any of their threats. And since it was kind of... A useless product to begin with, the only people who continued to use them were the people who had modded it to do something useful. And they couldn't collect their data, they weren't making any money, and within a year of launching QCAT, Digital Convergence went bankrupt. Oh, it took them a whole year to get bankrupt. I'm honestly surprised they didn't get bankrupt in like four to six months. Good for them. <laughs> in a way. I saw somewhere... I saw somewhere that said like two months and another place that said four and another place that said like six. I couldn't find anything solid besides that they went bankrupt within a year. Okay, so, within a year. Okay. Still though, wow. <laughs> yeah. In 2005, a remaining stock of two million QCATs were sold off at 30 cents a piece. Wait, they had over a million... How many did they produce? They had over a million users within the first 30 days. They had Holy. 2 million left over after they went bankrupt. So they produced at least 3 million of these things. That costed a fortune. And they were giving them uh. away for free. Oh, boy. Now, mm. you can pick one up today on eBay for anywhere from, like... 10 to 15 dollars really what is what is it called again the qcat c-u-e-c-a-t mm. and yeah it <clears throat> you rub the thing's face across the barcode i mean <laughs> uh, i just don't know mm. what they were thinking i don't know or like how they convinced all these newspapers, magazines, catalogs... Oh, yeah, that to... is a very big question. Like, how the heck did they get the mainstream media to accept it and then fall flat on their face because they didn't have any revenue? <laughs> it's just... It's it's puzzling. It's, uh, But I've seen similar things before where something is hyped up so much and then it just crashes and burns. Oh, I finally found one on eBay, 14 bucks. 
six dollars plus eight dollars shipping. Let's see what. How does it look like? Oh wow! Yeah, take a look at it. <laughs> okay. So they made them in two variants. They at first they had a PS2 port on the end. Yeah, that's the one I'm looking and at. at. At some point, they made some with USB, but those were rare. Because mm, that was more expensive. Far less common. Yeah, more expensive to make and whatnot. So, basically, it's like a mouse, but it's skinnier and longer. Kind of shaped like a cat. And the face is, uh, face is a little weird shaped. Because at the end is a little barcode scanner. Which is, I mean, yep. kind of makes sense. But, uh... Looks a little odd, but it doesn't look ugly, so I'll give him that. Wow. <laughs> hey, it comes with a CD. <laughs> well, I sure hope so. <laughs> Copyright 2000. <laughs> okay. Now, unfortunately, you can't activate the original software anymore because uh, the servers that it would upload all of your personal data to don't exist anymore. <laughs> um, well, I sure hope not. <laughs> but you can use them for other things uh apparently you can use it with an arduino if one thing that i briefly skimmed is correct hmm. not sure exactly for what they had advertisements trying to explain to you why you need a cat with a barcode scanner in its face <laughs> um instructional video on how to set up your barcode scanner video showing you how to rub the cat's face across barcodes okay um, that's good they even described it as gps for the internet wait G gps when i think of that i just think of global positioning system i'm guessing that yes exactly what yeah okay <laughs> care to explain i'm confused like how Okay, so, like, I, I, I'm thinking what they were going for there is, like, your GPS tells you how to get to somewhere, and so does this. Okay. Um. Yeah. Not a very strong uh, correlation there, but... <laughs> I mean, the whole thing was... You were supposed to be able to scan, like, all sorts of things, like like scan barcodes off ingredients and it'll give you recipes uh, scan barcodes off the back of your appliances and it gives you warranty mm. information a bunch of claims that don't really sound like they would have ever worked yeah okay on the flip side though if that did and if the company was launched in like 85 or 90 it might have survived for a while before Google took over, but they lost in 2000, so they kind of had bad timing there. Yeah. But <laughs> then again, 1980s computers were not very powerful compared to the 90s. True. Mm. And I was kind of surprised that it was like, you know, uh, processing an audio stream from the TV. Uh, that couldn't have been light on CPU. Really? I mean... Because, yeah, it would just, you'd use this convergence cable and just plug it straight into your microphone port. Hmm. guess that's one of the things we'll never know how it's done, really. <laughs> yeah. I, it, it said something about decoding tones, but that's all I could find. Information is is there, but it's scattered across 
many different places um let's see there was a lot of like somehow they got investors um like coca-cola invested 10 million dollars what the total and according to wikipedia the total investment was 185 million dollars like uh, and they still went bankrupt yep within a within a year of launch yes radio shack invested 30 million uh yeah coca-cola 10 million um dallas morning news um uh, bellow corporation parent company of dallas morning news invested 37.5 million in digital convergence yeah so somehow they burned through 185 million dollars and that's not i mean i understand that for making a product like what they made takes quite a bit of research and prototypes and whatnot but 185 million dollars just seems like a lot to just quickly vanish yeah at least with my limited experience well and i've seen other things similar to this where when some company you know they build up the hype they launch and they crash and a bunch of money disappears uh Mm. you gotta kind of (laughs) wonder where all that money went exactly whether it all went into the company or if a little bit left with the founder Mm. was it just one founder for um for the company it it was it's um let's see i should have researched that probably um but the inventor was um oh he changed his name let me see if i can find it it was okay Eh, interesting okay so i'm not sure what his first name was it's just always j so j he Hmm. was j joven oh no filia and he changed his name to j hutton pulitzer interesting and then started this disastrous endeavor uh it's actually not clear if he changed his name before or after this hmm. probably after is my guess yeah i mean that would mm. make the most sense it's interesting uh, you know and also apparently <clears throat> these were incredibly cheap for a barcode scanner i mean giving away for free i <laughs> can't beat that but like to produce uh, i believe these were cheaper to produce according to something i read these were cheaper to produce than normal barcode scanners so really like if you needed a barcode scanner if you could get your hands on one of these it was a lot cheaper than a normal barcode scanner Hmm. and i mean i I guess if you think about it it would have to be made as cheap as possible if they're planning to give these out by the millions for free Mm -hmm. Uh, i think they sold some, but uh, the majority, from what I was able to find, the majority were given away for free. Mm. So basically, this company took a bunch of money from investors, big investors, Coca-Cola, Radio Shack, and all of those, lumped it all together, put a little bit of money towards researching, got a bunch of hype, gave away their product for free in hopes of getting information. 
And then people found a way around that getting information, and the company had no way to get their money back. <sighs> yep. And I mean, also, since it was kind of useless to begin with. Yeah, especially with it, Google that, that didn't help anything. Yeah. Yeah, their their video uh, describes search engines, uh, you know, as if it as if you're digging through a box of papers trying to find what you're looking for. Yeah. And nowadays, you can just go on if it's in electronic form, all you have to do is if you got sent it like in an email, just click on this link. Boom. Okay. Oh, look. I'm on the page where I want I got I'm getting my free PDF for seven ways to lose weight or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and you know, also since this had to be connected to your computer, it its use was limited because oh. you know if you're in the kitchen reading the newspaper and you see a Q code, do you really want to get up no. and walk over and no. boot up the computer and fire no. up the software and pull uh, out the QCAT no. just to scan this code? <laughs> and I'm sure older people wouldn't want to do that much work anyway either, unless it's something they really wanted to see. But ugh. yeah, and I mean honestly, to me having your tv open links on your computer on its own i i think it was like automatically opening links on your computer that just one sounds annoying to me and two sounds like perhaps a bit of a security risk because like <laughs> one another thing we have to keep in mind is this is almost 20 years after the company went bankrupt, which a lot of things have changed. Like now we're getting blasted with ads all over the place. So things popping up are especially millennials and younger people are just super exposed to all these pop-ups. So we just automatically ignore them and get annoyed by them. But 20, almost 20 years ago, it pr probably would have been kind of helpful assuming like it does the local weather or whatever else you mentioned. But yeah, to a degree it would get annoying. Yeah. Speaking of ads, though, don't ignore this one. If you'd like my co-host to get a new mic, support us on Patreon and subscribe to the podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye.